Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Horror Hangout, um, where we talk about the best and worst and newest and latest and greatest horror movies of all time. My name is Andy Conduit-Turner, and I'm joined today by a very special guest for a little interview. He is a writer, director of various films, including Tragedy Girls, a section of VHS 1999, Patchwork, and his brand new movie, It's a Wonderful Knife, this holiday slasher movie this year. I'm here with Tyler McIntyre. Tyler, hello. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Oh, no, thanks for making some time for us. I know uh, you're in demand and uh, Christmas is going to come at us fast, right? So, uh, yeah, thanks for spending a bit of time. Yeah, yeah. It's always here uh, before you know it. Um, Great. Well, I want to make sure we make the most of your time. So before we dive into the film itself, let's let's delve into the past a little bit and learn a little bit about you as a filmmaker. So um, how did genre cinema find you or how did uh, how did you find it? Uh, well, I um, grew up with a brother who really loved horror movies. And so uh, he would always uh, rent a lot of, uh, you know, movies that were far too uh, um, adult for me. Um, but but as a result, I would always have, um, because he was older, he would always get his way. We'd always have to watch, you know, I'd always have to, I'd rent something that was like, you know, a lighthearted comedy comedy airplane and then he'd be like yeah yeah yeah, but you gotta sit through uh, ghoulies first or something you know and um and it, it became a bit of a a bit of a motif where um i gradually became more and more obsessed with with horror movies and we started to kind of watch through all of the 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 entire horror section in our small town video store and then by the time i got i got a little older and i started kind of making making movies in the backyard a lot of them had these very specific genre bents and often kind of some scary content and then a lot of the very early ones were were kind of horror films, and um, and so then I I've always kind of loved loved the genre. And uh, when I uh, finished film school, I um, uh, started working for Roger Corman, and he kind of makes his whole living doing um, you know, films that are in and around uh, genre, specifically horror, a lot of the time. And so um, a lot of my kind of uh, scripts that I worked on started to kind of take that shape because it seemed like a pretty straightforward path to to you know, um, make a first project because um, horror is a really fun space. Like um, you can, uh, 
rely on certain tropes and things like that, but you don't require a huge cast to get a movie together. And and then that's really what where um patchwork kind of came from. I had made a short film that was like a uh of like a little female Frankenstein uh, story that was two minutes long. And then um, people really responded to it. And so we expanded it into a feature and then we're able to find a little bit of, a little bit of financing for it. Um, and, uh, and then that, you know, started to make the festival rounds and led to me getting the opportunity to make tragedy girls. And then um, you kind of on and on it went from there, but it all kind of grew out of a, of a love for horror. Yeah. And uh, so your brother has a lot to either thank or answer for, right? So who uh... Yeah, yeah, definitely answer for, uh, you know, but uh, he hasn't seen this movie yet. So we'll see what he thinks. Oh, well, I hope it is is a very positive one. But speaking of the movie in question, we're here to talk today about It's a Wonderful Knife. So a little reading for anyone who hasn't heard of it already. After saving her town from a psychotic killer, Winnie Carruthers' life is less than wonderful when she wishes she'd never been born. She finds herself in a nightmare parallel universe where without her, she finds out things could have been much much worse um tyler i don't mind telling you um this hit my watch list before we heard about it from a podcast and promotion point of view um the the title alone was enough for me to go tick that's going on the watch list and then we saw the trailer that dropped a few weeks back now um i messaged my friends we have a tradition of meeting between halloween and christmas because we enjoy both of those holidays together and I immediately shot it to them. We intend to go and see this uh, in cinemas in over the festive period together as a group because this is a great kind of movie for this type of thing. So where did we begin with this one? Where did it come from? Well, um, yeah, so Michael Kennedy had uh, kind of written it as a spec script and then he uh, had fired it over to the Divide and Conquer guys, um, Adam and Greg. And um, so like I've been looking for something to do with with um, with uh, both Michael and and with Adam and Greg. And I also knew Seth Kaplan, who is a kind of the lead producer on this. And so um, I was sort of on their radar as somebody who had done a, a slasher movie, but, you know, like m- might be able to kind of bring some um, uh, some kind of perspective to it. And so we we met and uh, like when I'm considering um, things to direct that I haven't written because my previous features are all things that I I uh, also kind of wrote or co-wrote. And so I, I'm always kind of on the look out for things that uh, have a bit of a different perspective or things that I wouldn't normally write. And what I really loved about It's a Wonderful mm-hmm. Knife was the fact that it had a very pure um kind of message to it It had a really kind of uplifting vibe to it and had a had a sincerity to it that um i hadn't really tried to do before and so uh, that was very appealing to me it was kind of trying to make something that is you know a scary fun roller coaster of a movie but then has like a a heart of gold and uh that was um you know an interesting challenge for me and that was something that certainly watching the movie as i did in preparing to come and talk with you today something i really took away that kind of differentiates it from a lot of the Christmas horror movies that we see right I think we're quite used to at this point seeing genre horror movies and you know to great success basically being a slasher that has Christmas wrapping around it that is Christmas paper you know you have wonderful movies some of my favorites like Jack Frost which you know have those elements to them love Jack Frost yeah big big fan but seeing this and I really did enjoy exactly as you put it the kind of heart and the core message that you get from a Christmas movie you know the the relationships between characters kind of the you yeah exactly the heart that comes into it really made this a little a little different for me I think it's I think people are going to respond to it really well 
Yeah, yeah, it's been interesting kind of seeing it with an audience because you always kind of make a movie, um, uh, you know, really just listening to your uh, the people that you're working with and and trying to get a sense of like, well, people get this, you know, and um, and so it's always fun um, to once you kind of because you're almost too close to it, and then once you kind of send it out into the world and kind of see it in front of an audience, it's always um, interesting to me. That's the most interesting part is seeing how people connect to it, and so fortunately for this, like the movie is fairly well meaning, you know, and and I think a lot of people are. Um, kind of craving that that uh that you know uh, uh, type of emotion that that's like really not trying to like it's not trying to um, spread a toxic message it has some hopefulness to it and and i think it's um uh you know it's it's a good time for that yeah definitely something we could use a little more of certainly in our entertainment if not real life right now so <laughs> um you know you spoke about the people you worked with how did you come to the to the cast for this one because it's a it's a absolutely stellar one yeah, we. Yeah, I mean, the cast is very uh, carefully assembled, you know. Like, um, and but that said, we got very lucky, you know. Like, it's a, it's a, it's a. Since we shot in Vancouver, uh, Canada, um, you know, we we had to kind of um look a bit at some uh, like local people, but we were able to bring up some of the uh, kind of leader roles and cast kind of a wider net. But we already had um uh, like Jane Whitup came on very early, um, and they play uh, Winnie Carruthers, who's like the lead, and um, it's really uh, kind of their first kind of bigger uh, like starring role, um, uh, you know, and they have a lot of, um, you know, work to do a lot of pressure, like they're only 20 years old. Like it's a very difficult, um, you know, task to ask um, or, or like get some, or get somebody um, to carry um, because they have to monitor like the whole, you know, like plot and arc of the movie and like where you are, you know, because you shoot everything out of order and they have to really have a good beat on like where the audience is, is supposed to be with them. And, um, and we also have these kind of supernatural things going on. They did a lot of their own stunts and, uh, you know, and, uh, and it's a lot to ask of somebody. And, and uh, I think they really stepped up to, it, especially in a very packed schedule. And, um, and so it was a really good, um, you know, really fun to kind of collaborate with, with them. And then, um, uh, you know, we found kind of um a bit of the uh kind of second lead um uh we bernie was probably our most difficult part to cast uh we cast uh, like quite a wide net like you know i watched you know like hundreds of, of of auditions um for that and met with a bunch of people and and um and then ended up going with uh jess mcleod uh who did a, a really great job as bernie and had the right type of eccentricity but also the kind of the heart with it and um and uh, you know, seeing them together, like that relationship, really took a whole, um, whole different turn. Um, and and then we kind of sort of pushed towards that. And they both, um, in turn, took a lot of ownership over over their roles and and over the, kind of making the film their own. And and and, and then that um, kind of chemistry, I think, led to what I think is like the most special thing about the film. Um, and uh, and then you know, filling out the cast with with like Joel McHale. Um, who's obviously like you know a big like a heavyweight comedian and he has a lot of you know he's a, a very you know like um kind of legendary performer and we wanted to kind of play him a bit against type you know like like you no know, he's not really a hallmark dad you know like he's just a bit too edgy for that and i like the idea of putting him in that in that space and then seeing um you know how how that works and and uh, and then also letting him show some colors that he doesn't normally do and he's a very uh, you know amazing dramatic actor and and so we wanted to kind of slow play him a little bit and use him in some different kind of ways. And he was really there for that. He really supported the weirdness of the movie and, and set a great tone professionally for, for the, especially like our younger cast. Um, and, it, and you know, he really kind of gave it his all. And then that I think um, helped kind of showing people that they, that, you know, they could, they could really get invested in this. And then, um, and Justin, you know, like he was a big, um, a big part of it. Uh, you know, he, um, 
uh, you know, is a, a kind of outlandish villain and he's making some big choices and he has kind of a nice guy assumption about him, you know, and, and I like the idea of playing him as like this big outlandish villain and, you know, coming off of um, Barbarian and like, you know, I'm a big fan of him and like Drag Me to Hell and Tusk and like a lot of others, other kind of horror turns. And, um, you know, I think with a Christmas movie, you can go a bit crazy with the villain. Yeah. And uh, and so we had a lot of um, fun kind of skewering those those kind of baby boomer sort of industrialist characters. And um, and uh, but, uh, you know, we knew we couldn't go too far with it because we wanted to still make sense within the realm of the movie. And it was about kind of threading that needle because Justin has like a lot of ideas and is a very fun person to collaborate. And it's easy to get kind of, you know, those horses uh, run away pretty quickly. And um, and we just had to be kind of honest with ourselves about what didn't didn't work. And and he was very responsive to that. And um, and uh, yeah, so it was fun to shape that. And then, um, you know, and then the rest of the cast, we just got pretty lucky with we, you know, some uh, like we uh, ended up with uh, uh, Katie Isabel um, from Ginger Snaps. Yeah, horror royalties all over the place between I, between Katie, between Justin as well. Like great, totally, choices. and yeah, and and Katie's great. Like I mean, I've 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 uh, loved her since uh, you know uh, Ginger Snaps, and obviously like Freddie. Thank Gail, and I'm so glad that she was able to come in and do it and be such a firecracker. And um, then uh, also. Uh, William B. Davis, you know, like from the X-Files, you know, kind of there for, he did a one day kind of cameo and brought a lot of, you know, sort of um, grandeur to it. And, um, you know, it was again, a good, a great, um, like a local actor. And you turn this around reasonably, so a reasonably tight filming schedule as well, right? How many days was this total? Uh, it was only 18 days of shooting, uh, which is not much, uh, you know, um, uh, we definitely could use more, um, but um, like, thankfully we had a, um, a very good, um, you know, kind of support of heads of department like um, um, Matea Patrick, who's our our, um, our costume designer, and uh, Tiana Gorin, who's our production designer. Um, like all, kind of kept very like tight control of 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 their budgets and their in departments, and kind of allowed us to do a lot. You know, um, and and we tried to put the money where it would do most the most good, and and as a result, we were able to protect the story. Yeah, and I think when you you've brought up the the piece on design now. I think one of the toughest things we have, particularly in slasher movies, is like a really unique and memorable killer. And the the silhouette you generate for, for the for the the angel killer that we have there, really effective, really stood out from the moments of the trailer. Um, yeah, fantastic design that I think really stands the test of time. Well, we'll we'll hopefully see that in time. But what how did you approach that design process and how they incorporate the holiday into kind of the way they were gonna function as a killer? Yeah, I mean, I always have fun making, uh, you know, uh, slasher characters like with uh, Tragic Girls. I had fun making those like neon masks, but they're horribly impractical, you know, like and a lot of, uh, you know, like slasher characters are always very um, uh, like dark and they're always hiding in the shadows, you know, and I wanted to do something that was kind of like um, or it was written in the script as this kind of white cloak. And I wanted to really use that idea, you know, have them hiding in snow and having them hide up against white buildings and try to use stillness. Um, and then with that comes this idea of a very like blank expression and we looked at a lot of um things like old um like uh angel tree toppers um mm -hmm. to kind of get a sense of it. and a lot of those have very blank faces and so we wanted something that kind of feels like you're sort of staring at at, at just nothing and um because there's something very creepy about that and um uh so we we did a lot of like tests about different types of textures for the cloth and and we wanted this kind of light like frosted light bulb like look to the face um and that had its own sort of engineering and fabrication difficulties because you couldn't really see out of it so um cody who's our our, our amazing stunt man who played the angel for a lot of the scenes 
was um uh always you know having visibility problems but then you know would rehearse things kind of you know and 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 figure out ways that we could do the types of stunts that we needed to do but then do them safely and 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 they were um um uh, Yusuf our, our stunt coordinator did it did a great job kind of figuring that stuff out and so it was a collaboration kind of all the way around and um and uh and I'm glad people have been responding to it and it's been sort of it's on both posters and it's been sort of central in the marketing and and people have been commenting on it a lot which is really fun I think that's what you want the that word of mouth when people are talking I'm talking people who maybe see these inappropriate. I'm thinking back to the slashes that I was brought into as a child. These are the things that you can describe in a in a playground with your friends. Like, oh, have you seen there's this film coming out and it's this killer and this is what it looks like. I think that kind of description, that kind of um, the inspiration that you can give for people to describe a killer. I think any film that you can describe badly and still get people excited to see it is a, is a phenomenal achievement. Yeah, it's, uh, I definitely... Uh you know, grew up in a generation where like you were sold everything on the video box, you know? Yes. And, uh, and so you just like, there, there's some ones that are just seared into my mind, many of which aren't even in the movie, you know, they're just like such a great concept for a poster. They're not going to let it hold them back, you know, like, and, uh, and I like the idea that, that our, you know, um, our character is in the, in the film. And we even had like some earlier versions of the poster that like, didn't quite look right. Like they were kind of like, um, you know, not quite the same mask or whatever. Um, and and was like, no, we got to like, you know, deliver on on this. And as a result, people have been really responding to it, which has which been, um, you know, um, my favorite part is when you can kind of take these things out into the world. Amazing. And speaking of taking it out into the world, of course, um, that's exactly what we're doing. So November 10th, you have your global cinema releases, right? Yeah, it's um yeah, it's gonna be in theaters, uh definitely uh in North America, uh November 10th, and then not a number of other countries. Um, I don't have the full list in front of me, but but it's um it's growing every day, actually. So it's uh um it should be in cinemas around the world in many countries, and then um it'll be um on uh on uh available on video on demand and on shutter before Christmas. Amazing. So fantastic. And then as people do get to see it, whether it's at home or or in cinemas, hopefully the cinemas, because I think it's a good film to see with friends. I prefer you check it out in cinemas. It's really, you know, it'll be a fun for the whole family. But at the same time, you know, you could also get a cup of cocoa and just, you know, sit around with the family. And and it's, you know, it's it's a light horror movie. Like, I, I do think it really welcomes the hardcore fans and also kind of people who are a little queasy about um, these sorts of films um, um, with with a good time, you know. And so what would you hope, like if you were a fly on the wall or, you know, just a guy hanging out in the cinema for you, as you might want to do, what would what would make your day to hear people saying as they step out from seeing It's a Wonderful Knife? Um, yeah, you know, it's just like, hey, that was, um, you know, uh, that was really, you know, uh, I mean, I, I liked, I think it's because I, I started off making very low budget films like that, that, you know, I, I benefited from tremendously low expectations. So that a lot of the comments that I treasure are things like, oh man, that was better than I thought it was going to be, you know, like, and, uh, and, uh, uh, you know, so, but people I think have assumptions about certain things. And I, I think like our title, while I love it, and I think it's really fun and kind of the, the perfect title for our film, it, it does bring a bit of a, like, like a sillier kind of assumption to it. And I think if you watch the trailer, you kind of get more of a sense of what it is. Um, but I think stepping into it, people might think it's more cute and frivolous. And I hope it actually does kind of mean something to them. Perfect. Amazing. So just uh, as we close up, Tyler, I'm going to give you one final horror hangout based question for you here. So we'll take put you in the shoes of your brother uh, right now. So you've got friends coming around for an evening, mixed audience, not necessarily hardcore horror fans, but they're all looking to you to choose the movie that you're going to put on. What are you choosing to put on for this audience? Oh, 
I would say uh, Peter Jackson's Dead Alive. What a choice. Yeah, well, because it's just bonkers. Like, even if you don't, like, 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 no matter if you like it, you don't like it, it's still nuts. Like, you know, and, and you're still, like, people even who don't like it, who wouldn't respond to that movie would still tell people about it. And I, the more people see that movie, the better. Great, great choice. Tyler, I will let you get on to the rest of these interviews that you need to do today. But thank you so much for, for joining us. Uh, where can people follow you or the movie? Where's the best place to get ahead of it? Yeah, you can uh, you can follow me uh, at TMAC Film on Twitter or X, I guess now it's called. It's a little hard to keep track, um, uh, but yeah, and and you can argue uh, the best, really the best way to keep uh, keep keep in touch with it is to probably look up screenwriter Michael Kennedy on on Instagram because he uh, is our biggest uh, cheerleader and uh, and did such a great job um, producing and uh, writing the film and is is a fountain of of knowledge of of what's happening with it. Amazing. Thank you so much. So Tyler, thank you. Good luck with the launch. Everyone else listening, um, by the time this comes out, the film launch will be almost upon you. So get yourself out to the cinema or if whatever reason you can't, just wait a little longer and we can catch it whenever it is. But do support it. I was very pleased to see it early. I will be watching it again as we run up to Christmas with my friends. So uh, can I be the first to announce, Tyler? Merry Christmas. Go on. <laughs> hey, Merry Christmas to you too, man. Uh, thanks so much for having me on. Thank you so much. Cheers. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.